Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Thank you for joining us for Alabama AgCast. This is Carla Hornady, Director of Cotton, Soybeans, and Wheat and Feed Grains for the Alabama Farmers Federation. Today we're joined by Audrey Gamble, Assistant Professor and Extension Specialist with Auburn University and Alabama Cooperative Extension System. So thank you, Audrey, for being with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. In this segment, we're going to talk a little bit about the old rotation and colors rotation. So could you just explain to our listeners kind of the history there? Sure. So I'll start with the old rotation since it is... Um, the, the oldest and probably the most famous at Auburn. So the old rotation is an experiment that was established in 1896 by Professor J.F. Duggar. He was a, a researcher at the time at Auburn University. And back in the late 1800s and early 1900s, as we all know, there was a lot of really intensive farming practices like weekly tillage to get rid of weeds and things like that. And uh, Dr. Duggar was quoted as saying, Alabama agriculture will come into her own when her fields are green in the wintertime. And what he was talking about was basically planting a cover crop to help prevent erosion during the winter months and build up the soil fertility and soil health. And so uh, back in 1896, he established the old rotation uh, to have uh, different rotations with cotton. So cotton by itself, cotton with corn, and then cotton in rotation with corn, wheat, and soybean um, as a two-year rotation with and without winter legume cover crops. Um, So it has been almost um, identical treatment since establishment in 1896. There's a few small changes that have been made, um, like uh, back when it was was first started, um, instead of a cotton, corn, wheat, soybean rotation, it was a cotton, corn, oat. soybean and sometimes even cowpea rotation. Um, And then in 1996, we switched to conservation tillage. But essentially, it's been those same treatments since 1896. And as you look at that, what would you say are some of the most interesting findings? Um, At the old rotation, I think one of the the most interesting findings are, are things that we're able to demonstrate out there is just the benefits of crop rotation and cover cropping. Um, so we know in our plots where we've had continuous cotton uh, for 120 plus years um, with no no corn in rotation or no winter legume to help build up organic matter, um, we're looking at less than 1% organic matter in the top six inches of soil. If we compare that to a cotton corn rotation with a winter legume, uh, we're more uh, we're closer to about three percent there, and so that's really had an impact on the soil fertility. Um, we're able to make almost three times the amount of cotton um, in those rotations with the winter legume cover crop when no nitrogen is applied. So when we have a co- continuous cotton crop with no nitrogen, as you can imagine, we have pretty low yields. Uh, but we're around four to five hundred pounds of lint per year, and we're able to basically triple that in the in the better rotation. Okay, and then going back, what about the colors rotation? When did it begin, and what have been some of the interesting findings there? The colors rotation was established in 1911, um, so 15 years later. Um, George Atkinson is one of the the professors that's um, kind of giving credit for that rotation, and it was established to demonstrate the effects of different soil fertility treatments. So it has been a place where students and visitors can go out and look at the effects of 
potassium deficiency or nitrogen deficiency or phosphorus or sulfur, um, you know, for now over 110 years. And one of the most interesting findings out there is really where cotton rust was discovered. And when I say rust, I don't mean a true rust disease, but kind of that bronzing appearance that you'll sometimes see on cotton plants um, that's an effect of potash deficiency and then those secondary diseases um, coming in. So it's really um, one of the biggest findings is is that, you know, potassium deficiency. It was, it was discovered that that was really what was um, contributing to that decrease in overall plant health and allowing diseases to come in. Well, that's all very interesting. Um, at this time, we'll take a short break to hear a word from our sponsors. It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit, and while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. All right, so we think about all that history, but are there any current research projects going on at the rotations? Absolutely. We seem to never run out of experiments to do at the old rotations. Um, a couple of really exciting ones that we have going on right now. Um, Dr. Alana Jacobson and Dr. C. Brown are leading an effort to examine the effects of uh, the interaction of CLRDV, the cotton leaf rolled dwarf virus, with fertility issues. So, for example, is CLRDV made worse by potassium deficiency or phosphorus deficiency? So right now, uh, we've got these really neat cages. They're aphid exclusion cages um, out at the colors rotation that we're able to, to look at treatments with and without uh, aphids to see, um, you know, with and without CLRDV incidents and if it's made worse. Um, another really exciting experiment that's going on um, is we're taking soil samples um, and I have a student that's involved with this, and also Dr. Yu-Chung Fung, who's our soil microbiologist at Auburn. Um, we're actually taking soil samples from the different plots at Colors Rotation, extracting DNA, and looking at what microorganisms are present there. So, you know, we're really trying to see how soil pH or fertility status impacts um, the types of microorganisms there, as well as the functions, because we all know microorganisms do so much in soil, they convert nutrients from non-plant available to plant available forms. Um, sometimes we have bad microorganisms that are, you know, causing uh, disease issues. So um, that's a, another really interesting study. But yeah, people come to me with ideas all the time <laughs> asking to take samples. Well, and you think about how long those boats, you think yeah, late 1800s, early 1900s, when those began, what would you say is the biggest impact they've had on agriculture in Alabama? You know, I think the, the potash deficiency was a, a big one back in those days when they weren't, you know, as as familiar with what fertility issues, um, what they needed to do to, to really improve growth. So I think that's been a really big one. And then at the old rotation, um, just being able to show students the impact of um, and, and our visitors, the impact of having a cover crop and, and the changes um, that take place in the soil with um, those those good crop rotations uh, is really beneficial, and I think people can learn a lot from that just by going out there. When we have visitors, I always <laughs> ask for a volunteer uh, to go and, and take a shovel and kind of dig in the plots and talk about the differences in the soil, and, and it's a very visual place for that. So I think that that has made a big impact. 
Well, and for the students as well. I mean, I know there's a lot of things you can teach in a book, but sometimes to be able to do those hand-on experiments means so much more, and you learn so much more when you can see it and put your hands on it. Um, and you talked about, you know, the classes going out there and the visitors. Where would you say the feathers visitor has come from? <laughs> <laughs> we have had visitors from all over the world. We've had from South America, like Brazil and Argentina. I know uh, right before COVID started, we had a, a group of scientists from Nepal that were visiting. And I think that's probably one of the furthest away. We've had visitors from China. So it's really exciting to get to show people um, from all over the world uh, our experiment. It is exciting, and one thing um, we're looking forward to as part of the Farm and Land Expo is the Orange Tour will be making a visit as we celebrate 100 years here with the Alabama Farmers Federation. Being able to go back and see history there at Auburn is exciting as well, So, and a lot of new people that have joined the team there, so we look forward to doing that in August. Yes, I am so excited um, for everyone that, that's coming out to, to see you and show you the old rotation. All right, well, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks. And now, your weekly Ag Cash wrap up. Financial relief is now available to assist timber owners adversely affected by Hurricane Michael in 2018, as well as the Lee County tornadoes of March 2019. Administered by the Alabama Forestry Commission, the Hurricane Michael Block Grant is made possible through an agreement with the USDA Farm Service Agency. This program provides $10 million in financial relief to qualifying non-industrial private forest landowners of Alabama with a one-time payment. Eligible counties are Barber, Bullock, Coffee, Covington, Crenshaw, Dale, Escambia, Geneva, Henry, Houston, Lee, Montgomery, Pike, or Russell. Additional eligibility requirements must also be met for compensation of storm-related timber loss. The grant application period is open now and runs through August 1. For more information, visit the Alabama Forestry Commission website in the show notes. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.